the Bitterfly Podcast. Knowledge is food, bitches. Eat up. Hi, friends. Before I play this week's episode, I just want to ask, are you watching Headspace on Netflix? Because if you're not, you should be. And you should tell your parents, you should tell your wives, you should tell your neighbors. Like, this is some high-quality, cute shit. Each episode is, like, 25 minutes. The first 15 minutes kind of prime you into a meditative state by explaining different benefits that come from meditating. And then at the end, there's a guided meditation. It has changed my process. I was always kind of uncertain about how to get into it. It can be a little intimidating. But... Oh my gosh, you guys, it is straight up the tits. Um, I've been watching them every night before I go to bed. I feel an increased sense of peace in my life. I feel more patient. I feel like I can handle the hard shit. And I want this for you too. So check it out. There's my personal rec for the week. Hope you like this week's episode of Bitterfly. everyone welcome to this week's episode of bitterfly this week we have reed burvick on he is a host of the new podcast called recess he's also a mental health coach writer comedian and kind of famous tiktoker now (laughs) welcome i don't know about that welcome reed how's it going oh my gosh thank you for having me it's going so good this is the man who started calling Joe Biden Jojo Beans on TikTok, everybody, if you were wondering. Jojo um, Beans. Jojo he Beans. Deserve to be, he doesn't deserve to be called his full name. <laughs> Until he gives us it. our stimmy. Yeah, our toothless yeah. stimmy. He needs you, it. Yeah, you first caught my attention because you were like on Twitter, good morning, everyone except Joe, Joe Beans. Where's my toothless stimmy? Like, <laughs> we're not going to celebrate. Though. Yeah, literally. Like, we're not celebrating Valentine's Day. Like, where's my toothless stimmy? Where's my money? Where's it Where's at? my money? Yeah, no. So happy single awareness week. I always feel like the days like before <laughs> and after Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's so true. People it's are so just, sad. Like... It's so sad that we live in a world where like being single is seen as like a disadvantage or like a weakness. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like, if anything, we're stronger for it. I think so. But yeah, they're like, oh, you don't want to have kids? Like, who's going to take care of you when you die? Like, <laughs> when you're dying? Like, don't you don't know. have a partner? Re- who's going to love my really, you? My really cool neighbors? That's what I'm planning on. Hopefully I have cool neighbors. I don't know. Like, we'll see. So you're a mental health coach. You're also like an online, like, personality and comedian. Like, how do you compartmentalize these different <laughs> spaces of your life? Um very naturally and very normally i don't try to do it it's funny though it is a big difference my tiktok persona is very like everything's on fire let's make jokes about it like let's eat the rich rich. (laughs) yeah like i don't know think about like a jester in the courts of communism that's kind of my vibe on tiktok (laughs) And then when people switch over to Instagram, they're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, who is this dude? Somebody actually sent me a DM DM yesterday and they did like a, they did like a side-by-side photo comparison of my two personalities. And one was like the little girl who's like watching a fire burn down. They're like, that's TikTok read. 
and then the other one's like a dude in a suit going like thumbs up <laughs> and that's like instagram reading she's like i love your personalities and it i sent me you know i think it's it's one of those things where i've always been i mean internally at least who i was like i i make jokes i make people laugh that's one of my big things and i love mental health and i love engaging with emotion and feeling and i think at least for me like there's that whole conversation online of like you got to niche down you got to niche down to grow and there is some truth to being able to be in a niche because if people know what to expect from you they're going to stay along earlier but mm-hmm. i just it doesn't feel right for me to only do one thing and so for me the compartmentalization is those are just different parts of me different sides of me and it feels yeah. really natural like it doesn't it feels super easy for me to do it um but I do understand that it's like so out of left field. It's <laughs> funny though, like you said, it's kind of like a catfish, you know, like if somebody like found you, if if the avenue in which they found you was first TikTok and then they're like, oh, this guy's got Instagram, I'm gonna follow him on that too. Like they are very different. You've got like your serious, like, hey, let's talk about like relational needs. And then you've got no, your literally. like, fuck the rich, pay, like literally. disenfranchisement, like... like- <laughs> Like, I have a video on TikTok where I'm like, hey, guys, like, Valentine's Day is coming up. And if you're single, I need you to go to your couple's friends and clog their toilets, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I talk about that and then jump over. All right, guys, hey, if you're depressed, like, I see you. Like, I'm here for you. Like, I love you. Jump yeah. back to TikTok. Yo, the rich are going to die. We're going to get out. Jump back. That's, yeah. A lot of people will follow me on Instagram and then unfollow me. They're like, oh, this isn't the same energy. And yeah. I'm like, cool. No, but like, I think it's fine. I get it. You're like telling people what to expect from like your different spaces, you know? And like mm-hmm. if your whole goal is to help people feel like seen and engaged with life and the like human experience, you're kind of doing that, but like in different flavors. And I think that's really cool. Like that you're that you're able to do that. Um compartmentalizing your different online personalities twitter is like its own like world like what what do you think you are on twitter compared to your other places i don't don't even know what i I, twitter is a i'm not good at twitter like twitter is not my strong suit some people are so funny on twitter they are so they just get it and i've met some people who are really good on twitter who are not that funny in real life (laughs) sometimes people i mean that's not across the board but Twitter is literally whatever I'm thinking at that moment. That's mm-hmm. like, because tr- like in one moment, I'm watching like an Arsenal soccer game. And then mm-hmm. I'll be like, hey guys, like emotional needs are matter. And, this is how you- <laughs> and then I'm like, yo, like J- Jojo beans, give me my, I'm literally, I'm, I'm just chaos. Yeah. I'm just chaos at all points. I love that That's- Twitter can be like your online diary. You know, like I have a random thought. Like yesterday I was like, oh, so many flavors of fuck boys, so little time. Boom, tweet that shit. Like, I don't know if that would go anywhere else you know yo there's a lot of really big creators on tiktok who steal punchlines from twitter yeah right or like i mean i think a funny thing to do is when you take your tweet and you put it above your video so you're at least like giving credit to wherever that idea came from yeah yeah that's what you hope yeah tiktok i think tiktok's my favorite social media like it sends me to the moon it educates me at the same time it's amazing and it's a catastrophe at the same time. It is literally the wild west of social media. Yo, it's the closest like a regulated social media brand is to the to like the dark web. For people that are listening, um, I've encountered a lot of people like recently who are a little like adverse to TikTok just because it's like a Chinese based social media company. Like its parent company is kind of 
like legally required to share data, I guess, with the Chinese government. And so there was all these like different bans in different countries. Like the Trump administration was talking about banning TikTok. Like they started researching in 2019, like, are they sending our data? Like, is this a national security threat? And actually there was like a whole conversation. Did you know about like the bite dance? Uh, that's their parent company, TikToks. Uh, they were talking about getting bought by Microsoft. Yeah, there was a whole, there was a whole like American, an American company has to buy the US stake in it or whatever. And somebody did. I don't know, man. There's actually um, Oracle is like that third party, like father oh, now is. to like making sure, cool. you know. Take my data. Like <laughs> everyone has my data already. Like at the end of the day, oh. what do they want? Like steal my identity. You're just going to get crippling student loans. We're like selling our data all the time anyway. And I think they actually did a study that found Facebook takes more user data than TikTok actually does. Yeah, literally. Facebook yeah. is evil. Facebook's yeah. so evil. But it's kind of funny to me that the Trump administration had like this like gung-ho, like fuck TikTok, like nobody in the military or like works in the government buildings can have it. This is dangerous. Um, actually, most recently, November 2020, uh, TikTok ban in the U.S. was halted by influencers from TikTok rather than, like, a judge or something. <laughs> that's, that's so on brand for our country. They were, like, in the lawsuit, they basically stated that each of them had, you know, like, at least a million followers and that by, like, banning the app in the U.S., they were going to be, like, losing access to professional opportunities afforded by TikTok, which is, like, so true. How many users are on this bitch? You know, like so many. You can't get rid of that. So many. Like a, no, at least a hundred million. I'm guessing. Um, no, over five hundred. It was five hundred million like, several months ago. It's probably. I mean, it's probably close to a billion at this time. It's massive. TikTok's the new Instagram. You know what I mean? You remember when mm -hmm. everybody first of all it was just influenced, then it was like businesses hopping on, then it's just like your diary pages. So mm -hmm. TikTok. I mean, you got. The algorithm's so specific. It's you can do so amazing. That's what I keep telling my friends. I'm like, you like a few things, like say a handful of videos, and it's gonna keep populating shit that you actually like. Whereas I just less and less impressed with Instagrams. Whatever algorithm like shows you, you know, your certain friends, whatever's going on on the explore page, it is like dusty. Literally. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so, so thanks for coming at something I'm trying to grow on. Thank you Heck so yeah. much for that. Instagram is terrible, <laughs> except for my page is amazing, and everyone should follow. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I yeah, agree no. with you, though. Yeah, no, I'm not saying, like, <laughs> make sure you keep following the Bitterfly podcast on Instagram, folks. Like, I'm not trying to hate where I came from, but. But it sucks. But it, it does literally suck. sucks. I'm confused because it's like, if I'm following a thousand people, how come I keep seeing the same fucking five accounts? on my feed yeah, we just want a, a categorized sequential timeline what is it a chronological we just want a chronological timeline that's all we want that's all that's we too need. much to ask for yeah like, like nine I, gary v videos in a row seriously and the bigger the account like maybe it's random it's just like a meme account that i followed because like one meme made me laugh it's like all i see on my feed like every fucking day and i'm just and they like post so much because they got multiple <laughs> people running their shit so they gotta keep they up don't care it's just yeah. quantity at that point, which is like, that's a tough thing for me in the, the world of social media is this quantity over quality debate. Everyone's like, yo, at first quantity matters so much more and then quality. And, th and it's like, man, there's a lot of people who get really, really big putting out content that they rip from other people, putting out content that is not even that good, but they're just hot. And so people blow them up. I think about, you know, who Bo you know, Bo Burnham. Yeah. Bo Burnham is one of my favorite people 
he put out he got lucky on YouTube early. And then he links the deal with the special. He does a special every three, four years. Pops in, does a couple press, works for three years on a special, puts it out. It's a masterpiece. Bounces out of the spotlight. Right? Not everyone's as brilliant as that man, but I don't know. I think that there's something about quality and working on your art. And then again, you get into societal, like the systems around us, people pump out so much because they're trying to get out. They're trying to get out of a poor environment. They're trying to make a living doing something they like because Mm -hmm. economically... They have to. The systems. The systems. Fuck the system. So you're doing pretty well. You have 52,000 followers on TikTok as of this morning. Yeah. Yeah. When did did you start on this venture? You know, I think I started posting consistently in August. I always discount any success I have because, you know, that's what you do when uh, when you're so humble. (laughs) No, it's fake humility. It's insecurity more than anything. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, like, yeah, I have a decent amount, but like X, Y, Z are growing and blowing up so fast. Like I saw this kid grow from like zero to 220,000 in like three weeks. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's real growth. It can literally happen overnight. And sometimes it doesn't make sense why. It's just like a viral I video. Know. It's, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's fun. I, I like it. I like interacting with people. I like just making videos. Um, but I mean, TikTok is so interesting you got to know who you are on tiktok though like any social media you got to know your role right it's like i compare it to like a basketball team like you got to know who's lebron james who is steph curry who's that seventh dude off the bench who's going to give you 12 points three rebounds two assists every now and again he's going to give you 40 then he's going to get put back on the bench and he'll give you eight points the next game that's me that's me because i will literally have two videos in, a, in like a two days go like 250 300,000 views and then the next three days I'm barely pushing a thousand or two thousand and then I'll post a video oh yo that did 70k and then this one does like four this one does like 900 yeah so it's like TikTok is the most humbling app on the market <laughs> in terms of uh like content analytics like what do you consider successful Yo, for me, like how many likes, how many views? I mean, so there's two different ways to look at success, in my opinion. My success of my primary success of a video is a: Do I like it? Do I think it's good? And then, does at least somebody else like it? Okay, does that one person, somebody comments, this made me laugh? That's it. That's done. It's worth it. That's successful Mm -hmm. to me. So that's got to be primary for me, and then secondary you zoom out and you look at the big picture, a successful video on TikTok for me is one that's at least 10K over in terms of like, if it blows, if it gets into the FYP algorithm and people view it, that's what I would like to see. Because that's how you grow. If you get back to back, like big videos that go into five digits, especially six digits, you're going to grow. And that's like, but again, it's like, we, we were so fragmented how we view success. We're so fragmented in how we view success. And the reason for that is because we attach money to art, right? Like when I first started TikTok, I wasn't doing, I was just trying to figure it out. And then I had a video do like 4.3 million views. And then another Holy video shit, wait, which video was day. that? I did a British one where this lady's oh. like, all my American <laughs> friends, why are you doing the accent? And then it stitched to me and I'm like, it's not our fault, is it? It's in me bones, isn't it? <laughs> and it blew it blew major and then i had a couple videos that next week blow as well 
and I got like 15,000 followers overnight. And I'm like, yo, this is it. This is my big break. And then it all dropped off and I got super down about it. I'm like, yo, this is like, I'm not good at this. And I like got in my feelings about it because I thought, okay, like I'm driving delivery right now. I'm like, yo, if TikTok blows, I won't have to do that as much. I'll be able to get like a deal with somebody. And I put so much pressure on myself. And then I was like, yo, I can't look at this out for money. I can't look at this out for money. It's going to fuck with my head. And so I had to reorient how I did videos. And now I'm just like, what's funny? What do you like? What's And then just post it and you do it. And so I'm just on that slow growth. I'm on that slow growth. Every now and again, I'll have a video pop off. Like, I think I got, I had two videos last week pop off at the same time. Got like 300K views. I probably got like 5,000 followers from it. And then everything simmered down. And now I'm like, that's just the ebbs and flows for me. That's kind of yeah. how it's worked for me. So I don't know. I think it's different for other people at the same time. But, yo, TikTok will literally slap you in the face and be like, you're nothing. You're never going to be anything. <laughs> you're just like your father. And then the next day it's like, oh, you're so pretty. I love you so much. I'm like, dude, you TikTok is a narcissistic parent is literally what they are. I know about that. Um, so like, how do I get people to see the value in TikTok? Because again, I'm a fucking broken record. Like, I feel like every time I see Who's a friend, on it? people, Who's not people, on it? people I know, older millennials, they're like, mm, I already use YouTube. I already used Vine. I, I don't really need it. And I'm like, oh my God, bitch, there is finance TikTok, art TikTok, comedy TikTok. Like, Straight oh up. my God, the like obscure niches that exist in TikTok, like sarcastic uh, over 40 lesbian TikTok. Like that is something I just came across the other day. Frog TikTok. Frog TikTok, they're hilarious. Like what is your favorite TikTok space? I'll tell you what, I really like gay TikTok quite a bit. Me gay too. TikTok, gay people are so funny. They, they are. crack me the hell up. They're hilarious. So I really like gay TikTok. I don't like this side of TikTok, but it's important for me to see it. Teenage influence TikTok, I think, is a desolate wasteland. And there's a lot of cultural <laughs> appropriation in there. But it's important for me to know, like, what the hell are these kids consuming? What are they looking at? But for yeah. me, I just like, I like funny people, man. I like the little, like, the, I, I mostly am on comedy TikTok. It's kind of like what my algorithm is like for the entertainment. And I do have, like, some activist TikTok where people teach, which is really cool. But I don't know, man. I feel like people, I think there's a couple different type of people out there. I think there's a type of person who doesn't literally want to consume any more social media because they know they're going to be addicted. And I'm like, hey, go live your life, do you? But yeah. I think that there's another person who feels insecure and they're like, hmm, I'm above it or I'm different or whatever. And it's like, dude, like, who cares, man? Like, who cares? That, like, just do what you want to do. You know, there's so many people out there who are like, I'm not going to do this because it's like a badge of honor to be different than other people. And I'm like, dude, yeah. like you can be different than other people. And I reject the media. mainstream so much like, that I won't go like, on it. Yeah. I've learned so fucking much on TikTok. I get recipe ideas. I literally like, sometimes uh -huh. I look at like upcoming IPO stock yo. shit. Like, oh you my know, God. Yo, that GameStop AMC stock situation. That's, that's because of Reddit. But like how many people jumped on that? Cause they saw it on TikTok as well. Yeah that's like where I learned about it. Like I, I didn't want, I didn't know anyone to explain it to me in the means like, which I could understand in my real life. So I just went on fucking TikTok about it. Like I get like esthetician tips for like how to take care of my skin on TikTok. Like oh, I just wow. started following this dog nutritionist who feeds her dogs completely raw. And like, that's something I've always wanted to do, but I just like have been 
really bogged down by like the research process online and like nobody seems to be able to give a straight answer like we're getting access in like this short video format to people it's like fuck if I can't meet them in real life I can hear from them on TikTok like that's so cool like people who study languages might have never met that person somebody who writes like law policy you know might have never met that person I don't know any mechanics in real life but like I can follow them on TikTok 100 percent, 100 it's like youtube for people with adhd well that's the thing too because i mean that's that's why i like vine so much is like you have to pack a punch in six seconds you gotta be funny in six seconds a lot of people can kind of get a laugh but if you can pack six seconds worth of art of humor whatever that's impressive now you have 60 seconds to do that on tiktok if you want it but think about all these videos on youtube where it's like learn how to change your air filter, learn how to change a tire, learn how to like do this thing on the iPhone. And what it's a seven minute video for what? For what Susan, just show me how to make a bunt cake. Don't show me your life story. Yeah, 60 seconds, they're gonna you can't if you're trying to show a recipe, you can't mess around. You can't mess around. And that's the beauty. I mean, that's one of the beauties of short. It's like the cliff notes of like how to fucking love it. Like Um, there's no wasted space. You're showing your age, honey. You're (laughs) showing your age. Cliff notes is dead. Looked at myself the other day and I was like, I'm fucking middle age. This is why I'm on TikTok. 27. Yeah, same. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. same. We're like so. So I watched a TikTok this morning. I watched a TikTok this morning. This dude's like you know what, 30 is such a funny age because you're, you're young. Like, you are young. Yeah. But you're basically dead. And I've never <laughs> felt something more because I'm like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. no, and that's, I think, what separates, like, the people that get fucking old and then just, like, kind of, like, fade out. Like, I mean, do your thing, but, like, I want to know what the kids are doing. Like you said, like, what are these dance trends? What is the new slang? You know, now that I'm out of college, I don't hear like these new words on a daily basis that like people Yo, are coming why, up that's with. That's why I coach. That's why I coach high school sports. Oh yeah, they keep mm-hmm. you young and hot. I, no, literally. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they keep me hot. They give me more wrinkles, probably than anything. There's so there's so much emotion in a high school teenager who doesn't understand their own hormones. But that's not why we're here to chat. <laughs> Yeah, they keep no. I had a kid. I had a kid I coached who was in college now, and I always just text her. I'd be like, "Yo, what what are the words, man? Like, what are y'all using?" And I'm like, "That's not. That's not what they say. Some crazy stuff, man." But I love it. I love young people. Yeah, and I that's like, like the thing is, like, the older you get, the more you need to like make young friends. You know, if Yo. you want to like stay into it. You do that. You also, make young friends. Go work at a restaurant. Young people a are restaurant. so funny. Like. People like get old and they just like get bitter. That's not fun. Really jaded. I but this, I mean, I think Gen Z is so cool because they're all hella jaded, but they're still funny as hell. They're so fucking cool. Yeah. Let's get into. I have questions about your Lululemon story, and I would like you to tell my listeners about <laughs> it. Like, are you cool with that? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I'm an open right. book. <laughs> Lululemon. I worked at Lululemon on two seasonal periods, like during the Christmas, the holiday season. They pump out hella pants. And you don't all strike stuff. me as a Lululemon person. You seem more like an I appreciate that. kind of guy. Wow, 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 wow. Oh my gosh. That's also not true. I'm so bad at living outdoors. You're not an REI I, guy? Okay. Here's the thing. I have no money. And if I want to go outside, like I better have like good stuff to go outside. Like I better have like hiking shoes. 
I don't got eighty dollars to go buy yeah. a pair of hiking shoes. Right oh, now. and the tent and the pad to sleep on. Yeah, I'm saying. I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying. And I'm just like bad at going outside. That's why I need friends who are spontaneous like that. Because like I'm along for the ride and I'm hella fun. But I need you to like be like, yo, we're going camping this weekend. Are you driving bed on bed? <laughs> so yeah, maybe I'm not a Lulu guy. I don't have the vibe. I'm not the yogi kind of like, hello, welcome. So do you like yoga or meditate or you just work at Lulu? Um, I meditate like- sometimes. I just work there. I had a friend at school who worked there and she's like, I can get you a little job. They pay pretty decent for like retail. I'm like, all right, but I just need something to make some money during grad school. Okay. So I do it and my first stint was good. Like it wasn't COVID times, obviously. And my management was pretty decent. Though I found out later that the store manager was racist. So, mm. but I'm a white man. You don't always see that. You don't always see that out in the flesh. Um, but yeah, so this time around, it's 2020 and I am being very radicalized to kind of leftists <laughs> politics and like anti-capitalism, anti-exploitation, all this stuff. And so I'm like progressively more and more frustrated with this company. Cause I'm like, y'all did $1.1 billion in sales in quarter three of 2020 in the pandemic. Like, are you serious? So I'm just angry all the time. That's so true. Activewear popped the fuck off last year. People were just like mm-hmm. at home. They wanted to be comfy. They were doing their workouts Literally. in their living room. It makes a lot Literally. of sense. And Lulu's so comfortable. I'm wearing Lulu pants right now. Yeah. Like they are the most comfortable pants. <laughs> and so I'm just at this store like grumpy that I'm like, yo, we're in a pandemic and we're risking our lives here at this store. And you're you're really going to like say you're all diversified but there's no people of color in leadership you're gonna say you're all great but you're just talking about numbers and sales and like we're all depressed or anxious or like feeling traumatized whatever and so I'm just in the space where I'm just pissed all the time and I like hide it at work sometimes sometimes I don't but this lady comes in and she's trying to return something and she wants to buy the same thing in a different size which we don't have online or we don't have in store. So when you don't have it in store, you buy it online. And so I go in, I'm like, all right, bet. Like, let's get that done. Put in the product, three different numbers pop up on prices. That never happened to me before. So I just picked one, went about my business, swiped the gift card and the thing, bought her thing. I'm like, wait a minute, the price is different. She ends up leaving. I still have the gift card. I'm just like, fuck Lulu, I'm gonna take this then. (laughs) If I haven't, I'm just gonna take it. And then I bought a jacket. And it wasn't even that much money, to be fair. It was like 70 bucks. Lulu, that's nothing. So wait, she left her gift card with you? Well, there was like confusion because like there wasn't supposed to be any extra on the gift card. It was supposed to be like an equal switch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she didn't didn't lose any money. I think I loaded the gift card too much by accident. (laughs) And she like, she didn't lose anything. She got a product. She's fine. Could I have chased her down and given her some free money? Sure. But it's like Lulu bucks. It's not real money at that point when it's on a gift card. Mm -hmm. And so I just did a middle finger to capitalism and said, fuck you, pay me. I'm going to get this thing. And then they flagged it in the system, called me in, and then they termed me. And that, and they said, you can never work here again. And I'm like, okay, cool, have a nice day. See you later. Love your pants, but wow cool for you so you are banned from lululemon like any location ever for the rest of forever never can work there for the rest of my life i got blacklisted yeah that's some shit you should use in two truths and a lie they let they let a racist sexist man start and run a multi-billion dollar company before they canned him and somebody takes 70 dollars and they're banned for life 
That's pretty harsh, but did you get to keep the jacket or what? Like, was it cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a nice jacket. It's a nice jacket. I I told my lady, my manager was nice. I was like, yo, like, I'll pay it back. Like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. She's like, no, you're fine. Just, you just gotta go. And I'm like, I mean, I get it too. Like, I own it. It's not, it's not something I'd do again, probably. Yeah. But it's something that happened. We all make decisions in the spur of the moment sometimes. And sometimes they're not ideal. Um, I got my my misbehaving getting fired story is uh i was working somewhere seattle-based company i won't say but they make coffee and (laughs) maybe um and i may have called the he was like the he owned the costco account but he was also like the vp of like something in supply chain and he was not helping me out. He was like the one person I needed to answer this one question. I was just a little supply chain analyst. And he was like, over Skype, I hit him up. That's like, saw he was online. Sent him a bunch of emails before this. And I was just like, hey, can you help me out? And he was like, to be candid with you, it's not really a priority of mine. So I like bump on this email to like my coworker who lives in Ohio. Oh and we're like trying to like fucking help this customer. The story is this poor little customer. They only have one location. I forgot what the grocery store was called, but basically they had not had a supply chain analyst assigned to them for like three years. Like they just like were sending like EDI automatic payments for their coffee. And so like we were doing this big like system transfer um, because Nestle, they made a partnership deal. A lot of things changed. But anyways, this poor customer is like, yeah, I keep sending this email and I'm like, what's the email? And you know, Sherry hasn't worked here in three years. So that's probably why I haven't gotten a response. I'm so sorry. Let me fix this. Anyways, this douchebag says like, it's not a priority of mine. So I hit my coworker up and I'm like, what a dick period. My manager was like, wait, they read your emails. I don't know. Like what happened? I think like somebody like must've read over my shoulder or it got flagged in the system. I'm not exactly sure, but basically I got called in and Yo. My dope ass boss. She was so cool. I love her. I'm still obsessed with her. She was like, did you call this man a dick? And I was like, yes. And she was like, I'm sorry to do this, but like, I need to send you home. Really? Like permanently. Yeah. Over that? And like, I, I promise I will stop calling people dicks at work. But like, what bugs me is she's like, I really wish you had said that like, over the phone or like, to someone in person not like on text because he is a dick she literally said that she was like he is a dick you're right but like you can't be sending emails and i was like fuck me not big brother coming for your neck on some 1984 stuff so um what did we learn that day don't speak your mind that men are fragile i don't even know if he ever found out that i called him a dick that's like the worst part i'm sure you didn't i'm sure you didn't (laughs) i'm sure there was a meeting There, there had to have been a no, I'm, no, no. I'm sure there was a meeting later that day. That's just my speculation. Where they were like, "What happened?" All hands to, on deck. What happened to Emily? And someone was like, "Well, she called this guy a dick." So we just sent her Hey, home. hey, hey, hey! Alan got called a dick, and we can't let that slide. We can't let that happen. <laughs> oh my god. He's way too fragile. That's dumb. So I don't let that moment define my professional career, though it is kind of funny. And I basically said something that a lot of people have thought and wanted to say. And I was like, sure. See you later. Sure. So, yeah, man. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I got fired from Walmart, too. Tell me about uh-huh. that. What did you I do I got there? fired from Walmart because I thought I was going to start a union. Were you going to start it a was, union? It was like early in the pandemic, <laughs> and they were hiring. 
And I was like, I just need some quick cash. People started getting COVID left and right, and they weren't telling us that anybody was getting COVID. So I went to the HR lady, and I'm like, hey, lady, like, these people are getting COVID. We need to know. And she goes, that's a violation of HIPAA if we tell you. And I'm in, like, mental health. Like, I have a graduate degree, and I'm like, that's actually not HIPAA. You don't have to give us a name, but you have to tell us that people are getting sick around us. We work right next to them. Yeah, right. And she's like, mm, no, we talked for, like, 45 minutes. I spat out some, like, communist manifesto, like <laughs> – we're getting no money for this. We and and uh, a week later, they call me into the office and they say, "Hey, did you uh, did you ride like this pallet jack? It's the thing that transfers those little like those big pallets of product and food and stuff. It's kind of like a forklift or something. Yeah, it's like a handheld forklift. She's like, "Did you uh, did you ride this around customers?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, did I you? don't think so. I have no Allegedly. idea." I, I let I had no idea. I'm like, I don't think so. And she goes, Yeah, we um we have you on camera doing that. And so we're gonna have to let you go. It's against policy. And I'm like, what policy though? Like, where's the policy? Like, I'd like to see the policy. And she's like, Well, I don't have it right now, but it's there. And I'm like, Okay, can you show me the video? And she's like, No, like you don't have access. And I'm like, So you're firing me for something you can't prove that I did without the policy to show why you're firing me and yeah, but we're going to pay you through the end of the day. So, like, I hope that you, like, know that we value you. I'm like, um, wow. no, I complain <laughs> about COVID and about how the practices of working are bad here and how, oh, my gosh. Also, Walmart has bugged their stores. What do you mean? They have microphones in different aisles. If it's like a, if they did the security update that a lot of them did, security heard me and a coworker talking about, like, getting a lawyer at one point with COVID stuff. Yeah, like Walmart's whack, dude. Walmart's crazy. So they're like, nah, this dude is not a sheep. We're going to have to fire him. I feel like that happens a so, lot. Our companies and corporations. Per, two, 100%. People who are followers are like rewarded, you know? Well, they're just like, they don't have the education to know that there's better out there. The black sheep are generally mm. the ones that leave. Two corporations, one year. Holla at your boy. Yeah, and I was gonna say, like, for your personality type, like this, I'm actually impressed that you that you did that. Like, where are you gonna work next? Right now, you're just like door dashing and TikToking, literally, and like literally, that's all. I'm, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, well, you're also you just started a podcast. Tell us about that because that is another compartmentalization of your online personalities that incorporates more of your education and also like your yeah. familial background as well. Yeah. So I went to grad school for mental health counseling to become a therapist and I didn't become a therapist. I'm a mental health coach. So I see clients like in a coaching capacity, a little less intense than like trauma crisis, stuff like that. What's but, the difference between being like a counselor and a coach? Can you explain that? So real quick? there's like a Venn diagram, like there is overlap. Like I use my, some of my therapy skills and stuff like that. But the main difference is therapy a lot of the times it can be a lot of trauma focus, some crisis interventions, heavy substance addictions. So like if the intensity scale is one to 10, like one is like you have no problems and 10 is like you're maybe going to die tomorrow if you don't get help. I don't take anybody who's like seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Okay. Anybody who's in like that five. So I do a lot of preventative stuff and uh, people who just need to talk and need somebody with a little bit of skills. There's so many life coaches out there who don't, who have like a six month certificate. And I'm like, you have no trauma informed care. And so, like, I'm kind of, like, in the middle, trying to bridge That's the gap. That's actually a, a rant bit. I've been on lately is, like, 
how many fucking life coaches does the world need? Like, what are their credentials? Yeah. Are they actually helping people or are they like more trying yeah. to be like a health influencer? Yeah, like, that's a lot of them. That's a lot of them, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, there are good ones out there, but mm, mm, mm. but yeah, my podcast is is again, it's it's a little bit more focused to like mental health. We'll touch like faith deconstruction, we'll touch current events as well. And I kind of want to create a community that is informed on events going on and can integrate mental health and faith into them. And as well, like give away good quality information I learned in school for free. Because like not everybody has access to really good stuff. And I mean, the amount of people I've even seen on TikTok who like just say stuff that sounds real good. And me with my master's, I'm like, bro, this actually isn't helpful. This actually doesn't do anything, but it feels good in the moment because it's emotionally engaging Mm -hmm. but then like what happens when they wake up the next morning they don't have any actual skills yeah and then they'll like have like 115 dollar one-on-one sessions and i'm like you don't have a degree you literally don't have a degree and so i wanted to find some sort of a medium to put my voice out and to give out some information for free and that is what kind of my podcast is if i can build that up then it allows me to be a speaker down the road. I can get on other people's podcasts maybe. It just kind of helps me build a platform, which is what I want to do. I want to have a platform. Like, I don't need to be a celebrity. I think celebrity culture is dumb. But I, I, I would like to have some sort of an influence to help people. So that's kind of like what the podcast is. And they're only like 15-minute episodes too, which I value highly. Um, because I, I was like, wow, what if somebody could just listen to something for 15 minutes in their drive to the store? And they can just like check in, check out, boom, boom, go about their business. But yeah, it is, again, my podcast is so different than my TikTok. It's so fun. So different. Yeah. Tell us about some of the episodes that you've done recently. Like, let's get people excited about like listening to Recess. Yeah. So I just did one. I did one on emotional neglect um, that actually dropped this morning about like, hey, what is emotional neglect? What are the signs of emotional neglect? What are some ways we can start to heal from emotional neglect? Um, I did an episode, kind of like did an overview, a mini overview of trauma, like what it is, what it, what to look for. I did an episode about attachment, so the like the emotional bonds we form when we're kids, and how that translates into adulthood. I mean, mm-hmm. I've done I've done an episode on like white Christianity and the insurrection at the Capitol. Um, I did one where I talked about like mourning and grief and like how fake gratitude is actually really harmful in toxic positivity culture like people like just be grateful be grateful for what you have and i'm like you're not taking into account systems of injustices Mm -hmm. because if really if gratitude people are like well you're upset you're depressed you got to be grateful for what you have yeah you ate some meal today be grateful it's gonna fix everything it's like no gratitude is helpful and if you literally have so many systems being unjust towards you and you lost your home because of the pandemic you really want to come at them with gratitude. Hey man, be grateful. You may have lost your home and your grandma died of COVID, but like you still have a shirt. So like, make sure you're being really, really grateful for that because that shirt, you know, not everyone has a shirt. And I'm like, the fuck? They're like minimizing like that whole, it could be worse. Like, okay, but don't like invalidate my struggles, you know? Literally. And the rich ruling class of the world of this country likes to weaponize gratitude against the poor to keep them poor Mm -hmm. i recently saw a video of tony robbins that inspirational speaker and he's 
multi multi-millionaire multi multi-millionaire and he's on this interview and he's like man i was in the philippines man I was in the philippines and those guys they're so happy they're so grateful anybody can get, be rich but like let's talk about wealth they're wealthy they're grateful they don't need anything and i'm like is there some truth to that like sure of course culturally materialism etc mm-hmm. and that's a multi-millionaire talking about you know wealth isn't about money wealth you know it's actually about it's about being where you are and appreciating what you have and i'm just like dude shut the fuck up like what the hell are you talking about right like Like, you're not really in a position to say like because of like your life circumstances you just like don't understand this literally what if everybody had seventy thousand dollars a year what if everybody had 70k a year then we could fucking talk about like being grateful for what you have Mm-hmm. The reason that these rich ass people keep getting richer is because they're not actually grateful for what they have. They just want more of it. And if you want more of something money, these people stop at nothing to go get it and exploit people around them. Period. Period. Yeah. Like all these all these super influencing like entrepreneurial guys are like, go work for free. Who can fucking afford to work for free? Privileged white people, typically. If you accept interns and you don't pay them anything, then you're a part of the problem. Anyways, this is just a rant at rich people at this point. But I, <laughs> no, I was gonna so ask you, like, how do we, how do we eat the rich? Like, where should we start? No, you know, like, obviously, get a nice napkin. It's gonna be messy, so get a nice napkin. <laughs> tuck it in. You know, it's it's a situation where there's a lot of multifaceted change and I'm by no means the expert on economics and things that that's something I'm trying to read more on and educate myself on in the next couple years. I know that this system, the economic system of capitalism is meant to exploit workers. The the reason why we are so rich is because we built our entire ecosystem on free labor from the enslavement of black people. And then we used exploitative enslavement type practices to brown immigrant workers we stole all of our land from native people and still to this day billionaires get richer and richer billionaires got 1.1 trillion dollars richer in the pandemic and workers have not seen that shit at all and so it's like truly you have to go to the root of the system and root it out and change the system in my opinion um i know that until then a wealth tax would be good there's something called a value added tax where you put it on like because everything's automated now you lose the tax money from workers and they just get more and more profit. So value added tax kind of accounts for that. Fixing tax loopholes, giving everybody healthcare. I mean, there's a lot of things that can be done. Cutting the Mm -hmm. military budget, $750 billion to the military for what? For what? Are you serious? You cut, I don't know, 10% of that, $75 billion. You can do reoccurring checks for people making under 75K. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot we could do. I truly, though, I need to defer to experts on that. I mean, thinking about it and getting educated, like letting something like that enter your consciousness, right? And your awareness that like, as things currently exist is not good enough and not where we should stop. We should probably continue to keep going. And that's what's so cool. Like going back to the Gen Zers, like they give me so much fucking hope. Like, I feel like we're walking through like the confusing sludge of like, what's not right in like our systems so that they can Mm -hmm. run and fix it yeah and it sucks that like they have to be the task to do it like they can't just be young and free and just live their life like 
the people in power have fucked it so much yeah. that they have to have a burden for their whole life. I hate that. I do, yeah, they do give me hope. I do really like Gen Z people. And it's like, why Why are we here? It doesn't have to be this way. It could be better than this. We have yeah. the money to do all the things to help people. Like, homelessness is a choice. Like, we choose to let people freeze. Like, that's yeah. a choice. Oh, like, like the, the guy that just died in Tulsa, like, a few days ago. Mm-hmm. How many churches do they have in that bitch? Yo, How much money did they receive, like, in aid from the government? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, I think it's really easy to get like overwhelmed with what's not oh. right. Oh my gosh, know? I went into a two-hour deep fear attack yesterday. Last. Oh night. really? I like couldn't sleep Literally. like two nights ago. I had like an anxiety uh-huh. just like. <laughs> or, like, I what just, was on your mind? Uh, I was. I watched the John Oliver show about um how there's going to be more pandemics coming up and they're going to get worse and worse because we keep taking ecological space from animals and then the animals that we need to kill the ones that are dirty or whatever um in the ecosystem like we're taking their stuff and then the like the little dirty ones stay and then i went to a spiral and then i saw people dying of homelessness and i'm just like dude this country sucks and like we're never gonna make it and everybody's gonna die and i just spiraled and I went two hours, and then I tried to escape into a little, like, iPhone golfing game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Catastrophizing is, like, really easy to do, I think, when you're... Yo, it's so easy. In a it's pandemic. so easy to do. Yeah. It's so natural and normal to do, too. It's such a human tendency. And I think that there's something to it at times that can be illuminating for us. It can get put us on, on like, oh, shit, we got to move. We got to go. We got to work. We got to fight. Yeah. And then I think it's like the control on the back end. That's the hard part. That's the hard part to get to contain it and use it versus letting it contain and use us. Yeah. I think I have a hard time it. recognizing when mine is like productive and when it's just like absolutely unnecessary and not fucking helping me right. at all. It's really nice to have like a supportive community around you though, you know, that you can like bounce ideas off of or somebody totally. else to say like, wait, how did you get here? <laughs> you've just been like like validation too i mean i go back to validation so much because for such a long time i mean especially like for me as a man i was never allowed to feel shit like i wasn't i wasn't allowed to cry i wasn't supposed to i was i was in sports you got to be tough and so being like hey man like you feel like that you're catastrophizing like i get it that makes sense to me like same that takes a big weight off because like oh, i'm not alone in this and then we have a chance to have human connection in our suffering and that's i think a beauty of humanity is that even when we're suffering, we can still find connection with other people and love with other people. And I think that's powerful. I think mm-hmm. that's powerful. And it's kind of paradoxical too, but yeah, man, it's tough times out here. We got to take care of each other. Seriously, I've been thinking lately, like, do you remember how gross and like unsanitary the world was before the pandemic? Like clubs, sharing drinks, not washing your hands after Dude, coming I, home. How have we never done masks when we have a cold and have to go to work? I think the mask should stay. Yo, literally, the fact that, like, you have to go to school or work when you're sick is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Like, I mean, but that's what our system does because production matters so much. You're it's literally. It's sad, too. Like, I, you know, or, like, I can't tell how I'm feeling because, like, I'm just supposed to do these things, like, every single day, regardless of how I feel. And that's been, like, my whole life up until this point. Like, you said, school and work and whatever, like, activities you're doing. 
like they're gonna go on with or without you and so we have like FOMO and so sometimes we like neglect our own like physical or mental needs because the world's gonna keep turning without us um and so Mm. that's been that's been such a learning experience for me where I'm like "Mm, you know I think I have a sore throat it's probably not COVID but I think I'm just gonna chill I don't need to go to that you know what a concept listening to our bodies what a concept right it's so fucking sad yeah like I think Nash should stay I I think that it's kind of cool to like you know have hand sanitizer on you at all times like (laughs) I can't believe I used to share drinks with people like just out with my friends at the bar like you know what I mean like oh here do you want to buy my cinnamon roll like yeah sure like mm, I don't know look at (laughs) you funny silver linings try to find the silver linings man you know like, I don't need to go and hang out with every fucking dude I talk to on Tinder. Like, I, I need a little bit of a stronger vetting process. And the <laughs> pandemic has helped me establish these things. Yo, what's the size so. of your, uh, what's the size, first of all, first question, have you done therapy? No, you haven't. Bye. Do you listen to Joe Rogan? Oh, you do? Okay, bye. Third, how big is your hand sanitizer jug? These are good okay. vetting questions. Yeah, no, I'm, so, I'm on, I, I would love, I would love to be a a vetter i would be a vetter for for women and do some recon and go like find out if this dude's worth time that would be a dream job i think that you should maybe post about that on craigslist you could probably find some people in your area willing to hire you <laughs> i should make a TikTok <laughs> about that hey y'all got a new business i'm starting up like women do you want to know if a man is cool i will infiltrate a friend group it sounds like nathan for you privilege. you should use that male privilege like do that internet sleuthing like i don't know I will pretend to be a financial analyst for a week to ensure the safety of a new budding relationship. That's how far I'll go. Dude, that might be like really helpful for people. I don't know. This is how I, and this is how I make it. Totally yeah. pivot away from everything I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, just add it to your hats. I also wanted to ask you, how is your, like, are women shooting their shot with you on like TikTok? Like you're a good looking yeah. guy. So like, I is that... that. Yeah, is that I don't been... believe you, but I appreciate that. No, I'm kidding. False. Don't believe me someday. <laughs> Maybe if you get enough DMs. Like, how well, I mean, like, that... I have two. I have two personalities. Either I'm like, dude, I'm so attractive. How does nobody like? How have, how have I not been wifed up yet? And like, <laughs> dude, you look terrible. That's like, there's no in between. People DM me on 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 Instagram almost every day or every other day. Asking for like uh, your hand in marriage or what? Literally, this girl said marry me recently, and I'm like, well, you know, I, we well. I had (laughs) the funniest one I ever got was this like middle-aged lady she's like hey me and my partner just like love your content so much you're so funny if you ever want to thruple hit us up and they sent a picture of these two like 45 year old women and I'm like hot (laughs) I'm I'm gonna no comment that I'm gonna no comment that (laughs) okay and I'm like what are we doing like does this work like I'm I'm at least 15 years younger than you. Like, what are you? And then some, some, I mean, some people, most, most girls are so respectful and like, so nice. Mm-hmm. Just like, Hey, like, you're so funny and nice. And like, let me know if you ever want to talk. They get so respectful and kind. Some people are real thirsty as, as I mean, aren't we all a little bit? Oh, thirsty? I think everybody is super fucking horny right now. Yo, what is that? Jojo Beans, Jojo Beans, what are you going to do to fix the horniness of your population right now? Yeah, like what's Joe Biden's plan for helping me get more vibrators in this? Like, Yo, that sounds like something we can solve. 
via the internet slash going to a vibrator store. That's not a thing. You go to a, like a whole. Think of how many vibrators just... I could buy with my two grand stimmy. <laughs> I, I don't need know how help. much they cost. I'm going to say three. Um, I don't know how much they are. I would say on the lower end would be like 60 bucks for a good one. Anywhere up to like three, and four, yet, or five hundred. And y'all still choose men. And y'all still choose men every day. I don't. I do not understand my fellow hetero women. We are very confusing. Yeah, y'all, y'all I was actually critical bunch out there, huh? It's honestly really hard, and I would like some sympathy for hetero women for having to love hetero men. Like it's yeah, not no, easy. It's know, not easy. Thank you. I like I appreciate I, the sympathy. It is um, tragic. Just talking to my friend last night. Actually, I was like. Why do women have one night stands? Like, what percentage of a one night stand do you actually orgasm? You know, like, are you just doing it because like it's like three percent? I would say it's even less, honestly. I mean, okay, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question: Is the best part of sex holistically? Is it only about the orgasm? I would say no. For a lot of dudes, it is, but mm-hmm. it's the foreplay, right? It's the build up. It's the intensity of like, is it gonna happen? And then boom, it happened. I feel like that's why people do one night stands continually. It's Maybe. not necessarily because of the climate, especially for women, because they never do, because men are bad at it. <laughs> never do. But I mean, uh, what I guess my point is you're more likely to with a partner that knows you, that you've like that built like a like. sexual, mm-hmm. emotional rapport with. Somebody yep. that you just fucking met that you're like, you're both just trying to get off. It's like, well, only one of you is probably going to get off tonight, you know? And it's his name is Chad. Or and Kyle. his name is fucking Kyle, yeah. It's always Kyle. I'm over always Kyle's. Kyle. Kyle's mm-hmm. and Chad's um, bassist named Matt. Wow, wow. <laughs> My roommate just went on a date with two different dudes, both named Matt. Tell her to fucking run. Tell her to I run. I know. I know. You know what's funny is you have a you have a four letter name. Um, yeah, but it's unique enough to not be grouped in. It is unique enough, but. <laughs> but you're still a man if it's. Wow, dang. I was gonna say no, no, that like TikTok trend where this woman was like, you know, stitch me with uh like got like toxic red flag guys or something. And um one girl was like men with four letter names. It's true. It's true. We have a complex. We have a complex. (laughs) Yeah, we're better than you, and we're gonna let you know about it. We're gonna manipulate for sure. Because like it's in our blood. I mean, you've been rewarded in the past, so no. I feel like white men get a lot of hate, and like it's just funny to see. And like, I'm sorry. Are you okay? Oh, I'm fine. Here's the thing about hate at white men, or like (laughs) anytime there's like generalizations at people who have been power, been been in power for such a long time. It's like, it's 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 a power differential. People say, "Man, I hate men. All men are trash. All men." They don't literally mean that. They don't literally mean that. You know what I mean? Like, all these girls saying that, like, I know they probably have at least one cool male friend. Mm-hmm. It's people are saying that because they've been hurt and disillusioned. And so, like, if somebody comes at white men and I take it personally, it's because my identity is fragile around my whiteness or my maleness. And that's on me. So, like, if somebody that. says all men are trash and I don't agree or, like, if I get offended, bruh, I got to unpack some stuff. For real, that's, the, close... that's their experience, yeah. Yeah, a lot of my closest friends, two of my closest friends, they're always like, yo, if it's fuck them, then it's fuck Reed. Joking around. <laughs> and I don't get offended at that. Yeah. Because I know they like me, because I know I'm a good person. 
I'm not a perfect person, but I'm trying. And so, like, I don't get offended at that stuff. When people come at the whites, I just laugh because it's funny and it's, like, mostly true. And so if people really understood, like, power dynamics and how, like, toxic white men have been in this country, they'd they'd hop on board. And then they'd try to better themselves at the same time. So, nah, people can shit on white men as much as they want. I do not care. I think it's refreshing. I'm enjoying it. Um, Also, as a white woman, like, I recognize, like, the privilege that, like, I have as well. And, like, unpacking that, you know, is also important. We're all just trying to do our part to be better white folks, I think. That's where we should be anyway. Yeah, theoretically. So what's like some hope that you see in the world that's going on? I always like to leave my listeners with like a little bit of like positivity, not toxic, obviously, but like. I think normalizing mental health has been a real, real joy. Like the amount of people who are talking about it, the amount of people are trying to seek help. Like a lot of therapist friends that I have or mentors that I know, they're full. Their practices are full because people are trying to get better. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there is becoming more of a destigmatization within the mental health world, which I think is great. Um, I think that that is a big deal for me. That that means a lot to me. That gives me a sense of hope. And then I think, you know, I hear it from, I think I heard it from Angela Davis, the activist, but like this sense of radical optimism is actually resistance towards the empire because their whole thing is they want to break your will. So you'll just work for them. But if you don't think anything can change, you're just going to shut down. Mm -hmm. To have radical optimism means we have to believe that shit can get better. And that's when stuff will get better because that's when we're working. So I think that there's a really cool movement towards change that seems bigger than it has over the last several years. And we get setbacks all the time. Like JoJo Bean's not delivering an amount of TK Stimmy. (laughs) That is a joke. And it is like real people need that fucking money, man. For real, like I need that money. Like everyone, tweet every fucking day at JoJo Beans asking him where Two K Stimmy is. Yeah, that dude sucks, man. That dude sucks. (laughs) So I think I think people starting to like be like, "Yo, shit!" Like, yeah, this move away from trusting the establishment is actually like a hopeful thing for me. Yeah, it's totally helpful. I agree. I think there has been a collective consciousness waking up within all of us. Hundred percent happening on an individual level and then also on like a community level absolutely we just got to keep going keep getting radicalized yo literally i've been so radicalized this year it's not even funny i don't shop at at amazon anymore i stole from a major corporation like i'm doing so great like i'm killing i'm killing killing. bad ass proud mark should be proud yeah no you're you're taking little steps i think towards breaking those chains you know that's just what we got to keep striving for that's how i live my life so if you guys want to find uh reed bervik r-e-i-d-b-r-v-i-k i I spelled that right right. he's on instagram check out his website via link in his bio if you want to get to recess his podcast 15 minute episodes each and then it's share your tiktok tag with the people this reader this reader with four r's you know what i'm saying (laughs) because <laughs> all the others were taking yeah if anyone's listening hop on the train come have some fun talk about eating the rich you know that's what we got to do let's just eat the rich dude thanks so much for being on you're fucking you're hilarious i have really enjoyed following you on tiktok like just keep doing you keep being funny who fucking cares who watches like you know and yeah, people will you. follow i appreciate you yeah, too man you. thanks for coming yeah. thanks for having me on 
Yeah, dude. Thanks so much for being on. Read Burbick, everyone. And check back next week for more Bitterfly.